0: Welcome to EE e. Times On Air. I'm David Finch. Today is Wednesday, January 9th, and we are live here at CES in uh, Eureka Park in the Sands Convention Center in surprisingly chilly Las Vegas, Nevada. I haven't been outside for three days, but I'm told it's cold. Uh, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this job, uh, besides wearing makeup and speaking vaguely in the direction of swarming strangers, it's chatting with the most brilliant minds in our great industry. My next guest, joined Silicon Labs in 1997 as a design engineer, and he's now the CEO. (laughs) Uh, Made quick work of that. He has more than 25 years of semiconductor experience with industry leaders like Broadcom and Sirius Logic, and he holds more than 70 patents in RF and mixed-signal IC design, which is precisely 70-plus more patents than I hold today. He was recently named Executive of the Year at the 2018 Core World Electronics Achievement Awards, and he's here to talk about uh, the electronics industry from the executive level, in addition to none other than Chris Stansberry, Chief Financial Officer for Aero Electronics, which is uh, an interesting position to be in, uh, as diversified as Aero Electronics is as a technology platform company. So, we'll get into all of that uh, together with uh, Tyson and with Chris. So, thanks,
1: guys, for making time to be here. Well, thank you very much. Show's been going well, I imagine. It's uh, fantastic. Record number of meetings for us. Just it's a it's a great place to be this year. Good for you. Yeah, a lot of momentum. And uh, I, I've, I've seen you, Chris, all of fifteen
0: seconds. So I imagine you've been busy as well.
2: Uh, busy as well. It's a great opportunity for us to bring the investment community through, to really let them kind of see and touch what we do, talk to uh, customers, get some unsolicited feedback, on where Arrow has helped in uh, in their you know journey. So.
0: And I think that's important because because both brands have so much beneath the surface. Uh, and just that exposure, I think, is really important. The devil important. is in
1: the details. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he's got the that's, best music. Um, so, uh, well, let's start with um, probably uh, the biggest news in my mind uh, for you this week, which was uh, a couple big announcements
1: that were made earlier in the week. Right. So we, uh, we announced a partnership with Tile. Uh, where you can take their uh, their location technology, and we provide free code for our partners. And if you're building a Bluetooth device with Silicon Labs, you, you put this code on the device, and you're automatically part of the Tile ecosystem. So that that is super exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then just today, we we uh, announced a big partnership with Xiaomi uh, on Bluetooth Mesh, uh, where, with a whole smart home ecosystem that they're putting together. And that's that's one of the leading uh, companies in China. They do. Uh, you know, mobile phones, but they also do, you know, an entire ecosystem of connected devices and all the cloud uh, pieces that go along with that. And so they're, they're a great partner and, and we're, we'd love to see that coming together.
0: That's super exciting. Um, and uh, and it's cool to see it coming together now. You've, you've only been, um, only, but, uh, you know, a relatively short amount of time. Silicon Labs has grown uh, to be able to make these types of press releases. And just over the span of a couple of decades, and uh, certainly along with that, just a
1: couple of decades.
0: Just what's just, a couple of decades? Yeah. What's a couple of decades? I mean, just you put decades. your feet up for a little while. You put a hang a shingle, and then bang. Next thing you know, you're here. Um, I think there's been a, a certainly a lot of work yeah. uh, that went into those uh, those past couple of decades, including evolving your product portfolio, your product lines, and the technologies uh, that you participate in now. Um, certainly, a product portfolio now that spans connectivity, infrastructure, timing, power management isolation, uh, you know, wireless, so many key technologies. What, uh, What other technologies are interesting to you right now?
1: Well, I think that certainly the IoT stuff, and we've been really looking at IoT holistically since about 2010, we've always been an RF, and wireless company, but really looking at it in terms of the markets, the the Mm -hmm. things outside the handset that are all getting hooked up. And you look at smart home or smart factories or industrial applications, lighting, metering. uh, A lot of these applications are starting to really uh, take hold. And you look at also the investments that we've made. We've we've done uh, seven acquisitions over the last six years to build our (laughs) software capabilities into, because when you're addressing a broad market, uh, with a variety of different wireless technologies, a variety of applications and tons of customers. This is where Aero comes, uh, the partnership really works well, is that you've got to get those out to everyone. And so building that whole platform and then starting to see the markets kind of converge and take off. Uh, and now the IoT uh, business for us is over half of our revenue, uh, so it's it's, uh, we, we hit a milestone in Q3 with $125 million, $500 million run rate for that business. So you're, you're really starting to see this uh, be a uh, you know, meaningful contributor for us and uh, you know, a meaningful part of the, the industry. It's not just at the top of the hype curve, it's starting to really become reality.
0: Well, and I think what takes you, uh, what, what takes you through the hype curve into meaningful space is having the right portfolio and addressing the right needs. Um, not trying to shoehorn things into existing platforms that you've got and you've already invested in, but creating it almost shoulder to shoulder with the needs
1: of the market, which is what you've been doing. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got to really listen to uh, to the market and and the customers, not not just one application or ones. You've got to aggregate all of this input. That's one of the great things about the show is that you get you get everything that's going on on the floor, but then you also get a lot of your partners coming in and you get this one really good data point here at the beginning of the year. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, that's one of the things I just love about CES is that, you know, you you, you come back, you, your, your head is clean, and then all of a sudden you're getting all this input uh, about what's important, what needs to go in, and then IoT is really interesting in ter- from an engineering problem and a business problem because uh, you've got to, the, the way you put that together and then make it accessible to the customers yeah. uh, and then think about, uh, you know, what are gonna be the drivers? You know, you, you think about, uh, you know, the consumer experience in the smart home and making that easier and more seamless and less fragmented. Or you think about, uh, you know, industrial customers that are trying to figure out how to, you know, make the sensor networks work better, to extend battery life and to, to drive these applications. And what are the components that are missing that we can help yeah. hold together, you know? So that's, uh, it's really the diversity and the, you know, just the multiple things that you have to optimize to really make this successful are, are, it's just a hell of a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun and
0: I, I don't think anybody's successful trying to pull all those things together and shoulder that entire load themselves. And you mentioned you know, the partnership with Arrow. Chris, um, certainly IOT revenue is, is starting to come in as, as we were just talking about, but um, how are companies like Arrow and, and some other kind of like tech platform type companies How are you investing to be able to uh, partner up with Silicon Labs and the Silicon Labs of the world to bring these solutions to market uh, in a meaningful way at scale globally?
2: Yeah, I think that's really the unique position that Arrow holds. So the first thing you've got to do is have a capability to bring engineering capabilities to both large and small customers. And that's not an easy thing to do. You've got to be able to scale that engineering model across that entire range. And when you look at the investments that Aero's made over the last three to four years around digital, uh, around e-info chips at the other end, so from very small, more simple designs to much more complex, bigger designs, we, we run the full gamut in addition to the core engineering service centers. But the other thing that you have to do is the capabilities, you know, table stakes. The key thing is, is you have to find the customer before the customer finds another competitor. And so there's a lot of people in this space that are saying they're gonna do value-added engineering and that they can provide those capabilities, but very few are doing it. And so Arrow's proprietary customer reach through partnerships with Indiegogo, through our dozens and dozens of web properties around the world, where people are looking for information, whether it be a design website or a media property, um, Arrow's gonna find them before they have to find us. So the analogy is, we're fishing with a net, we're not fishing with a hook. And if we can find those customers before anybody else, one, those are sticky relationships, and because we can deliver uh, on the promise to meet their need, we're now in turn driving differentiated growth for our supplier partners. And, uh, And that's really what's critical. So we've got to continue to deliver on that, but that's really what the investment philosophy has been and why we are where we are today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, you know, uh, as much as Arrow has evolved, especially in the last several years and will continue to, I would imagine, um, at, at the end of the day, the, the role of Arrow has been the same for many, many years, which is to, just like any distributor out there, which is customer acquisition and reach and, and tying ideas. But what Arrow's doing differently is now not just tying ideas to customers, but tying ideas to resources uh, in, a, in a very... Holistic ecosystem way. Um, What for for Silicon Labs? um, You know the the main. uh, Everybody's got their kind of customer uh, focus and things like that. How does Silicon Labs rely on the distribution channel uh, to service the broader market? What are what are some of the things that are effective
1: and and work for you that? that's going well in the channels. Right, I mean a lot of the stuff Chris was just talking about in terms of having this platform and all of these resources with the global reach and fishing with a net is a perfect fit to our strategy. And like let's just take IoT for example. Sure. You're talking about thousands of applications, tens of thousands of customers right. globally. And and in terms of our sales channel, we've got our direct resources and, and a number of customers that we work with directly and expect to work with us directly, but then you have a myriad of customers that we can't we can't reach, and so we need to have partners that are able to, uh, to 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 understand our products and to be able to get those into the hands of everyone, and to do that efficiently. I mean, the tough thing about a broad market, the tough thing about distribution, is is that you can't you you never have enough resources, right? You never have enough people, and so you've got to aggregate the knowledge. And have cycles of learning, and to be able to replicate success one place in another place, and that's where a partner like, like Arrow, and to be able to really deepen the relationship, where you know we're we're actually we're on the same team, and we're training, and you know we're we're learning together, and we've got a good line of feedback. So that the distribution partnership that we have with Arrow and with with some others around the world is is critical to our ability to scale, because we can't talk to everyone in this broad market. Sure. That uh, that we need to talk to to really get our technology into the hands of everybody who needs to use it and to really make make the industry you know what it needs to be and that's you know it's not just for us as a supplier but it's it's the collection of suppliers and making that all work together that uh, you know really drives the industry and, forward. And, and
2: just to add on to that, I think what we're really starting to see is you know f- for the longest time and and CES is a good example of that. Uh, when I'm talking to investors, they're talking about, you know, the big 10 customers around the world, customers that we all see, we all use their products, their products proliferate in our home. But so much of the growth is now in areas that never use technology, right? So it's not just finding customers, but it's, it's helping a customer who today has a great idea. Anybody can come up with an idea and crowdfund it. Uh, and, and get that seed financing. But in many, many cases, they either have no technical capabilities or technical capabilities in a certain area. And they really need that extra push to help them not only finalize the design, but make it, manage it. And, and that's where the, the real growth is coming. Uh, I was with a, a customer yesterday, and I love the expression he said. He said, basically, IoT is making anything that's dumb smart. And there's so many things in the world that that can apply to, so it's really an endless runway right now.
1: I mean, I've really been talking a lot about uh, if if you're designing a product today, you know, whether it's a consumer product, an industrial product, and it's not connected, then it's just a race to the bottom. It's not gonna evolve, (laughs) right? You're not gonna have the same level of features and differentiation. And so really, everything has to be connected. And a lot of the customers that we're talking about, you know, whether it's you know an, a co- company that's been around for a hundred years and is now trying to figure out how to do things, or new upstarts that are really saying, "Hey, I've got to make this work," you know, that's that's where the rubber meets the road, and and I, I think that uh, you know that's where a lot of the new opportunity for us is coming from, and where a lot of the excitement around o- IoT sits. It's a really good point because, uh, as you said. Uh, the IOT is
0: is so many people in the pool. Uh, they're not all technology experts, and now the next thing you know, you've got a crock pot that needs to be connected and a firm contracted to make that happen. How does Silicon... I bought la- one of those over the holidays, by the way. Well, now you can you can check the roast yeah. from the stage. <laughs> That's right. Uh, from the roast, you can check the roast. Uh, so, uh, let's use that then, uh, that perfect analogy. Uh, how, how would Silicon Labs? How does Silicon Labs uh, make it easier for OEMs, for design, uh, original design manufacturers, design houses, to take something that wasn't connectivity-based and make it connected? Um, you know, that's certainly an application uh, that requires a lot of uh, knowledge: is RF connectivity, security. Uh, We're not, there's no way we're all going to be experts in that. How does Silicon Labs address
1: that? Well, you you know, you've got to think about the connectivity all the way from the silicon to the cloud. Okay. To the applications, to the ecosystems, right? So you've got, uh, you know, typically these are not just one, Point solution, right? Okay, I've got an app on my phone, it talks to my Crock-Pot, it's going to do something. That's kind of the first level, but you want you look at what Amazon is doing with Alexa, or what Google Home, or what Xiaomi is doing. You have people that are putting um, collections of products together, and there's a cloud, and there's, there's an app framework, and yes, there's security, and there's multiple ways of doing it, and maybe that manufacturer wants to, to, to participate in all of these different things, and there's You know, so it's not really the underlying communications technology that is, you know, you've got to use what's there or what that ecosystem has chosen. And our platform lets you support all of those different mechanisms uh, seamlessly. But it's also that when that customer needs to put that in that they've got, it just works, right? That you've done all of that work for them. They don't have to become experts in RF or in the connectivity profile or in security technology or in the connectivity to the cloud, and you know maybe there's a few choices, but uh, that that's just there, and then they, they can focus on what their value add is on top of that, uh, as opposed to it, it's like we're providing the pipeline for them and getting them to that point where they then they can really start working on their their designs.
0: That's the idea, and and we just you know we had Microsoft in uh, up on the stage yesterday talking with uh, some folks from Microsoft, and they said the exact same thing. We want our end customers to be able to focus on the reason why they got into that business in the first place. Right. They don't necessarily want to be uh, cloud experts or data
1: analytics, or, or worry about going from you know this version of, of the software to that, or doing the updates. And <laughs> right, you know, they want to just have that stuff be turnkey. It's about a solution, you yeah. know. You know, and I think yeah. we're seeing that
2: kind of tipping point now. But five years from now, we're sitting here. I don't think we're we're talking about. Um, technologies as much as we are talking about solutions, and the technologies are part of that
1: solution. I mean, we're, we're evolving from what was a semiconductor component company, you know, when we were doing all these tough mixed signal RF things, to being a silicon software and solutions provider. Absolutely. That, that it's it's not just about the hardware, it, and it's about the long term commitment and evolution of these things right. as well that you have to think about when you're designing a product.
0: And that's, the, that's, that's just it too, is the viability. We can design for 10 years battery life at a node, but can we really also then design the entire platform behind it right. to last us that 10 years? Um, so if we look at some of the, if we look at IoT for instance, um, certainly Aero Electronics, Silicon Labs, I would consider that to be a partnership. There might be 10 lawyers ready to jump down my throat about the word partner, but I would, you know, yes. most people on earth would consider this to be a, a very fruitful partnership. You're both making strategic investments that are benefiting the partnership, but you're doing them independently. Uh, so for both of you, uh, i would start with Chris, where is Aero Electronics investing in uh, IoT, whether it be infrastructure, knowledge, companies?
2: Well, we have an IoT-specific group, uh, and really that started a few years ago uh, as IoT was being used as a term, but nobody really knew what it was. (laughs) And and, and for us, you know, to oversimplify it from a business model standpoint, it's it's components connected to data and vice versa. The value's in the data, right, Uh, in a lot of cases. And so uh, pulling those two things together is not easy. And when you have a company like Arrow that has a components business and a computing business, people get focused on what they do day to day. So we felt it was critical to have a dedicated group of IoT technologists who knew how to connect that together? That's the first leg. The second leg is last year we bought e-info chips, and they're doing this in large-scale industrial complex applications. They need to be bulletproof. Um, and, and that just adds another layer. So we continue to grow those capabilities, we continue to make the investments in the engineers, um, and now we're really seeing that start to take traction. So absolutely.
0: Uh, for Silicon Labs uh, perspective, you know, we talked about the revenues starting to come in that we can attach or attribute directly to IoT applications. Uh, how is Silicon Labs investing in, in IoT over the next, say, uh,
1: three to five years? If you look on a three to five year time frame, I mean, we. if, if you go back three to five years, it's been a lot of investments in, in the platform, the Silicon platform for sure, and in the, the software protocols, the tools. I think that if you look out it's you know going from our current platform, which we have built out, and evolving from a hardware perspective to, to drive features and performance and power consumption and cost to the next level. That's that's kind of the table stakes. Uh, you've got the evolution of a lot of the the, the, uh, the wireless standards, and so we'll see you know the convergence of a lot of these things to make that more seamless. Less, I think, the fragmentation over this time will go down, and the simplicity of using these things will improve over that time. So a lot of investments in in that. And then a lot of it, you know, security is another big component of that next gen platform. So if you talk about uh, reducing the cost of implementing, you know, military grade security onto devices and also the power consumption required to implement that and then how that extends from the chip at the hardware software level all the way up to the endpoint, that security is going to be a big deal and a lot of investments required there. And then just the, the cloud functionality and that stuff too. So it sounds like the next three to five years are, are essentially,
0: uh, which is a good position to be in, they're already couched in your portfolio. I mean, you're, what, everything you just described to me as I'm like ticking off mentally like, okay, yep, 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 this is great. You know, you've, you've, uh, you've made the right decisions to get to where you need to be. So that you can get to the next. Five I mean, years. I think
1: if you look at why we went after IoT in yeah. the first place, that uh, for one thing, it's it's a complete system, and and you're layering on differentiation on top of the silicon and all that. It's a diverse market. It's one where our capabilities really fit. But it's also really important to think this is not just a one-year or a two-year or even a five-year kind of you know race. It's it's a it's a it's a multi-decade marathon in the deployment, we're still in the early days of the deployment of these technologies out into the world. I mean, you're going to see vast improvements in productivity in our industries, improvements in our quality of life. I mean, with with the advances in AI and a lot of the data processing, it's all about the data. But when that really starts coming together in a way that just becomes kind of part of the background, we're going to look back and think that, well, this was really obvious. But it's it's going to take time. It's not going to just happen in a year. But every year you come to, I've been coming to this show for 20 years. And you just see how things evolve. And this year compared to last year, compared to two years ago, it's more. And, and so that's what's really exciting. And uh, that it's a continuum and that it's something that we can look out in the future and see that this is gonna be a really uh, good decision that we got into this. And uh, also turn into a really good commercial success and partnership, I believe.
0: Fantastic. Chris, uh, what, excites you, what excites you the most about 2019?
2: I really think for Arrow it's a breakout year. So I've been talking to investors now for two years about why we're different and all the capabilities we've built and they hear it, they understand it. But today we had a number of our uh, analysts here seeing what we've done. Yeah. And I think what we're gonna really start to see in the marketplace because of continued differentiated growth and performance is that's actually gonna stick as a message and people are gonna truly start to understand that Arrow isn't you know, your father's distribution company anymore. We don't buy things in big boxes and sell them in small boxes. We add a lot of value along the way uh, and, and we have a reach that no one else has. And I think the market's really gonna to start to understand that. So I'm it's, super excited about it.
0: I will say it's been interesting watching that happen in my professional lifetime. Uh, when I started in the industry uh, at SC Microelectronics, Arrow Arrow was, to me, in my perception, was the component distributor, you know, that could, that could accommodate and do the supply chain and very difficult, you know, logistical things for contract manufacturers. Completely different company, completely different brand right now. It's been pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I'm being told we have to free up Tyson. However, I have one more hard-hitting question. As you know, I'm known for my hardball uh, answers. questions. Uh, top
1: Three mole restaurants in Austin. Well, mole is uh, you know a, uh, a very tasty uh, thing, and Austin is famous, well, not only for our breakfast tacos, but for our interior Mexican cuisine. And uh, I would I would list them. Uh, you've got Fonda San Miguel. You've got uh, uh, El Naranjo and Suerte. Those would be the top three places that I would go, and I would encourage everyone to come down to Austin. If you're in Austin, stop by, and, and let's I'll go vouch have I'll I've, yeah. uh,
2: I've eaten yeah. there a number of times, so definitely well, do go, it. Let's go down so, there this right, weekend. So That's bring great. it on down.
0: All right, I, I need all a right. nice dark mole. Right. That's what I'm looking for. Well, <laughs> we're happy to provide it. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I'm most excited for in 2019. There's your tech problem There you all. go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for, uh, right. for joining me, and be sure to check out ces.eetimes.com to catch more interviews with industry leaders throughout the week, such as CEO Tyson Tunnel, CFO Chris Stansberry, exclusively on the E.E. Times Content Hub. Don't forget to subscribe to our E.E. Times On Air podcast series brought to you by the fantastic Core Global Service and E.E. Times. It's your free deep dive into the most compelling stories. Uh, Don't tell the CFO that it's free. It's a subscription model. (laughs) We, We monetize this six ways to Sunday deep dive into the most compelling stories in electronics. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts and all kinds of nerd stuff. For EE e. Times and the AspenCore Global Service. Service. I'm your host, David Fabinch. Thanks for watching. EE e. Times on air. This program is produced by AspenCore. Thanks for listening.